Welcome to How to Trade It, The Road to Trading Mastery. Join Casey Stubbs, a seasoned trader, as he guides you to become a profitable trader. Find actionable insights, real-life stories, and strategies to boost your trading skills. Don't miss the journey to trading victory. Start listening now. Connect with us at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Trading profits are just an episode away. Hey everyone, Casey Stubbs here with a new episode of the How to Trade It podcast. I am extremely excited for today's interview. Uh, I'm excited because I am going to learn something new. And I love being on this show. I love being the host because I have always got an opportunity to learn more and to go deeper and to improve my core skills. And uh, hopefully that helps me out with uh, trading and other areas of my life. So I'm very excited to announce Jim from The Option Professor. Hey, Jim, how are you today? Hi, Casey. Good. Good to be here. I am very glad that you came because I need to learn about options. So I think you're the right guy to talk to. Well, I hope so. I've been doing them for decades, so let's hope I know something about them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I think we're in good shape. So, uh, so Jim, tell me a little bit about yourself and then um, from there about how you got into option trading. Sure. Well, I grew up back east, uh, uh, born in New York and grew up in uh, Bergen County, New Jersey. And uh, then after that, I went up to uh, Boston and uh, graduated from Boston College. So my education background is pretty much uh, Don Bosco Prep in New Jersey and Boston College up in uh, Massachusetts. And uh, after I got out of college, I went to work out in Newport Beach, California, and I was working in the gold business because gold at that time was going through the roof. Uh, That was before um, they Volcker came out and now Volcker was never known, but now inflation is as high as it was back in 1980. So now everyone knows who Paul Volcker is more. But at that point, gold was going nuts. Inflation was going nuts and the price of gold was going nuts. So it was a very good place to be at that time. Um, but after he hiked the interest rates up to 16% and killed the inflation, obviously that also killed the gold market. And that made the stock market very interesting to me. And so I uh, morphed over into uh, uh, being involved in the stock business. And then once I got into the stock business, I gravitated right to the options because I could see this thing in options you could do an awful lot with. You could write them. You can buy them. You could take in the cash. You could, you know, speculate. There are so many different ways you can use them as insurance. You know, so I just found it fascinating. And so once I got into the uh, investment business, I basically went uh, right to the options. All right. So I want to unpack options today, especially from a beginning point of view. So let's really go back to the basics. And so if someone's listening in and they don't know exactly what an option is, can you describe and explain what is an option? Okay. Well, an option gives you the right to either buy or sell at a certain price. They call that the striking price for a certain period of time. And that's called the expiration date. And these expiration dates, when I started, used to always be the third Friday of every month. But with the proliferation of trading, 
I think they have options for every every day of the week. So um, they've really expanded the universe of option expiration dates to to a point where I would say it's excessive. But at any rate, so that's the story on an option. It gives you the right to buy or sell uh, a market at a certain price, and they call that the striking price. And then uh, for a certain period of time, that's called the expiration. If you buy the option, you must pay the what they call premium or whatever the option costs. In other words, premium is a fancy word for, hey, what does this thing cost? That's the premium. If you're the buyer of the option, you pay the premium. So if you're dealing in calls, Casey, always think of if you're buying a call, call up. You're betting that the price of whatever you're involved in is going to go up. And so you're going to pay a price called the premium for the right to buy at a certain price. I'm going to give you a for instance. Say okay. we're looking say we're looking at Apple. And Apple is trading at $150 just to use a number. And you buy the right to purchase Apple at 150. And you get that right for say 90 days. And they're going to charge you $5. Okay? So let's go over it again. $5 is the premium. That's the cost of the option. You're the buyer, so you've got to pay it. When you buy something, you get something. You get the right, but not the obligation, to purchase 100 shares of Apple at 150 because that's the striking price. And you have it until, let's just say for an example, the third Friday of the month, three months out. Now, remember, Apple is at 150. You have the right to buy at 150. That's called an at the money option. The money is always where the stock is trading or commodity. So now you know what you've got. You've got the right to buy at 150 for 90 days. You just paid 500 bucks because if the premium is $5, every option on the stock goes for 100 shares. So you take the $5 premium times 100. That's how you get 500. Now, what do you want Apple to do? You want it to go up. Call buyers want things to go up. So let's just say it goes to 170. You have the right to buy for 150. If it's at 170 and you have the right to buy at 150, you're $20 in the money. Because the price of the stock is $20 higher than your strike. That's called in the money or intrinsic value. Now, $20 above where you pay, where you have the right times 100 shares, that option would have real or intrinsic value of two grand. Now, you remember you only paid how much? 500. 500. That's why people buy options because you get leverage. Because 100 shares times 150, you are going to be leveraging $15,000. And you're only putting up 500. And if it goes, like we just, like we just told you, you're going to make, you're going to have value, intrinsic value on everything above 150. So that's an example of how it can work for you. Now, what's the, every pancake has two sides. What if it goes against you? Uh, before it, we get into that, okay, I want to sure. ask you a couple questions. Sure, sure, sure. So at this point, you put in 500. Right. And uh, if you end up, if it doesn't expire. Right. Um, and we'll talk more about that 
because that's the the downside, I think. Um, well, that's your detail. Up, that's your that's your end of story. So yeah. you you get uh, you possibly put in five hundred to make a, a, up to two thousand, because if it, if you end up buying the option at one fifty, and it goes up to one seventy, that's two thousand dollars in profit. No, that's two thousand dollars less your five hundred bucks that you paid. So it'd be a fifteen hundred dollar gain. Okay, so so you have to include the five hundred for the option. So you pay five hundred for the option, and then you still have to pay full price. You don't once you get the stock when it expires or well, like it, when, like when I said, opt into yeah. to purchase. Yeah, I mean, most people sell out the premium, sell out the option. But there are large people with large amounts of money, is what I mean, who may want to exercise the option at 150 and take delivery of the stock because maybe they think the stock's on its way to 250. And they don't want the, you know, they don't want the option to expire and then they're out of the ball game. They want it. So they think the striking price is good. So that's the thing about options. There is what they call flexibility. And there's more than one guy doing it with one goal. Do you understand what I mean? In other yeah. words, it's like real, like real estate. There's a guy in there who's buying rental property and he just wants the cash flow. Another speculator has three homes and he just wants to sell the homes and make money. So everyone is doing something when they're investing. They're not always, always have the same motive. Different strategies. Okay. Uh, yeah. So so now you were talking about the downside so or the risk. Talk about that a little bit. Okay. The risk is that the stock goes down under 50. It remains under 50. And then the option expires. If that happens, then the option has no time value on it because the time expired. It has no intrinsic or real value. You know, I hear a lot of words. I'm just trying to give you the, the way they really mean. Real is what it means. Got and it. If, you're, if you're under 150, you got no real value because if you got the right to buy it at 150 and it's at 140, there's no value to that. It's underwater by 10, right? So you'd pay 500 and you'd be losing unless you thought that the stock was going to go up later. Well, again, we're talking about, and you said that it has expired. So if it has expired, time is out. The game is over. So you can't buy it at 150 if it's 140. But who? no one would do that if they could go and buy it for 140. Right. There's no reason because- There's no yeah. economics behind it. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Okay, got it. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, your risk is the premium, right? And it's limited. So that's the beauty of it. So the beauty of the buy side is what? You have limited risk, so you know exactly how much you could lose, max. Number two is you have leverage. You are leveraging $15,000 worth of Apple in that example, theoretical example. Um, and um, you're only putting up 500 And um, again, if it goes through the roof, you're on the ride for as far as it goes. The downside is if you're wrong and the stock goes south rather than north and the time runs out, You'll lose exactly what you knew you could lose when you got into the game, which is the 500 bucks. Okay. Well, that seems like a pretty – I've heard that options was extremely risky, um, but the way you explain that doesn't sound that risky to me. Well, it is risky, and let's make it as clear as a bell here because I haven't been doing this for all this time without being full disclosure. Options are a risk investment, and you should be using risk capital because anything that can go to zero – 
that has to be money that you can afford to lose in case you do lose it and it can affect your uh, lifestyle. So as clear right. as a bell, what you're saying, it doesn't sound that risky. You're saying that the risk is limited to 500 bucks. Right. And if I bought Apple at 190 and it goes to 120, I'm going to lose 70 bucks. But the difference is if you're in a good diet and exercise, you could stay with it for many, many years and maybe it goes back up where once an option expires, it remains dead. Your risk, if you but just your bought risk the shares and they went down, you know, you're buying 100 shares, um, you're going to lose more money than just the 500. You will, but it'll be a paper loss unless you actualize it by selling right. out the stock. Right, right. So the way when I say it's not risky, there is risk, but I'm thinking, okay, you're spending 500 and you could potentially make 1500 in the example that you made, so you could, if you, you know, if you lose one or you lose three and just win one, you're getting your money back on that one. Like I say, there is a, it's like the three point field goal. That's why it's so popular, not because it always goes in, but over a course of a game, people like the odds of the way the numbers stack up, taking threes rather than twos. I don't know if you watch the NBA but it's obviously turned into a three-point field goal shooting contest, you know, uh, simply for that reason. But uh, the main thing is, is like I say, with the um, with the options uh, on the buy side, you really have to watch. Now, you know enough about this example. What would be one of the bigger risks to it? There are the two, two big risks are what strike price you choose, right? And the second bigger risk, really in my mind, is what expiration date you choose. Right. So if you choose a close, if your strike price is close and your expiration date is long term, that gives you even more time and that increases your odds of winning that trade. But right. And sometimes yeah. and sometimes when you uh, price them out, you'll find that a six month option and a two year option is not that much more money and you get a heck of a lot more time. So my experience is as soon as somebody says they're interested in something, I'll start way out and price those out and then I'll move my way in. And compare most the different people, time, the prices. Exactly. Exactly. Because most people, I mean, in this day and age, they run to these weeklies and weeklies and, and monthlies are very rough because if your compass is wrong, those options, particularly if they're what they call out of the money. Now, let me explain what out of the money means. The stock is trading at 150 and your strike is 160 or 170 or even 180. See, now your strike price is way above the current price and that is out of the money option. And then if you're buying a short term duration, if you're not 100% right, that option is going to go to zero very fast because there's a thing called time value, Right. And the time value comes out of the option very rapidly as you get into the expiration time frame, because once they run out of time, there is no time value. Right. I'm so going to give you, I'm like going to, you got to get in right on the right on point. You got to be clever. You got to be, uh, well, if you play it that way. Yeah. Yeah. If you play it that, uh, um, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Apple as a theoretical example goes down to 130 bucks, which it has done this year. And you say, I'm going to buy a $140 call and I'm going to go out um, a year. Well, then you're basically saying Apple's going to bounce back up in the next year. 
And obviously in this, in that instance, you know, right after the month of, um, right after the month of uh, June and July, it really popped up. So you didn't have to wait the whole time. You could cash it in anytime you wanted, but you had the time in case you needed it. So that's one of the ways you try to mitigate the risk of the time premium coming out of the option is you try to buy a little bit more time. I mean, I have uh, these are all my opinions and my views today. Obviously, in, in, in the land of options, as well as anywhere else, there's a million different views. Right, right. Because like you said, with the real estate example, there's so many different ways to do this. And so right. this is one way. This is this is this is my opinion. Yeah, yeah, this is based on there you go. This yeah. is the way I would play it. There's so many other people doing different things when, yeah. you know, there's other podcasts where they're saying you got to get the weeklies and you need yeah. to buy it five minutes before expiration. Yeah. There might be a little crazy, but there are people that are saying that. Yeah. And, you know, if you do hit it, if you do hit it like Lotto, you know, obviously you're going to be, you have your picture in the paper, but the other 90% of the people who lost won't be in the paper. You know? Yeah. I didn't buy the, they, I don't know if they have it where you're at, but they had this mega millions ticket. It was over a billion dollars. I didn't even yeah. buy ticket i'm not wasting my time with that yeah yeah it's crazy and i'm not Uh, saying i'm not saying you know you should never ever do that um you know sometimes you'll get a a stock or a commodity that just goes to an extremely um high or low level and you feel like it's imminently going to turn around um i'll give you for instance here recently uh last uh well i don't know exactly when we're going to air on this but um the week before this broadcast um, the S and P had run into the 200 day moving average, right? Which is some, something, and I thought that that was going to imminently turn around, right? And it did. And so, if I think something is at a big stretch point and it's imminently going to be turning around because the VIX is down at 19, which is a very low reading, VIX is called the volatility measurement. It's kind of like the speedometer of options in some respects. And so, if you think this is very low and the price is very high, and you think an imminent drop is happening, you're not going to go out and buy a two-year option. <laughs> so that's why I'm trying to say is is that you know I like to know how all the plays work. And then I like to look at the circumstances and then I look at the ones where I think the odds and probabilities uh, are favorable for what I'm trying to achieve. And then that's how I select it. Yeah. Well, that was a, a, you know, in high, just looking at that chart, that was a fantastic idea. And, and, and I'll, I'll ask tell you, it didn't come out. Of, it didn't come out of the blue, Casey. You know, um, there's a history to this world, and the history of the first time that the S and P tries to penetrate the 200-day uh, average on a run-up, or you know, some or, uh, the 200-day average wherever it is, it fails. Right. So I, ha- I had that was a good move. There you go, and, and that's it what worked. it's all about. Hey, listen, and that's, it worked. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> And like I say, I'm a basketball guy. So, you know, when you're a basketball guy, it's all about statistics and it's all about the numbers and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I'm very comfortable with math as when it comes to this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so if someone was getting started, you know, they're listening to the, to the option professor and mm-hmm. like, man, I like the sound of this. And they were interested in getting started. What's a great strategy uh, for options for beginners? Well, you know, obviously the buy side is the most, um, you know, basic of all. So if you could find a stock or commodity that you really liked and you did the homework on it, 
because again, one of my PDF reports is on my uh, best uh, technical indicators. Because you know, whenever you're doing any investment, the first thing you got to know is where is this thing going. So the thing that I focus on is I go and put everything in through my technical indicators, and then I come up with a conclusion. So say I conclude that the market is going to go up significantly. And then I wanted to buy a limited risk option and I knew I would be risking X amount of dollars, but I would go out a period of time where I think I would catch the move. And so that's a fairly simple way of starting. You find something you think is going up. Remember, calls are for up when you're buying and puts are for down. So if you want to bet down, you buy the puts. And if you want to bet up, you buy the calls. And then basically, I would identify which way I think the market's going to go. I'd try to make sure I gave myself an adequate amount of time. I would size my position appropriate. So whatever amount of money I have for risk capital, I wouldn't put it all in any one idea. That's called sizing. And uh, and then the other thing I would do is obviously, I would try to go somewhat near the money. Meaning if it's trading at 150, I might do the 155. Or if it's at 150, I might do something like the 145. So somewhere near where it's trading. And then I try to buy an adequate amount of time. That would be one of the more reasonable ways to get started. Okay. Um, that, that sounds pretty, pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, in this particular market, you know, we've, we've recently had, we've had some upward momentum, um, mm-hmm. but most of the year has been down. Um, and so in this type of market, uh, that strategy would be a little more difficult. Hello, this is Casey, and I wanted to take a minute to tell you about my new book that just came out. It's called Complete Trading System. This is my 25 years of trading experience sharing everything that I have learned in how to make a profit from the markets. You're going to learn about how to find the right instruments to trade, how to find a trend, how to get started as beginners. You're going to learn about how to get the right mindset, and you're going to be able to put it all together to create a trading system of your own that will work for you. I highly recommend that you try it out. Just click the link right now. It's called Complete Trading System. It's available on Amazon. Thank you. Go ahead and check it out. I think you're going to love it. Well, no, it's called uh, patience. And uh, believe me, uh, waiting is a big part of the game. Uh, so, you know, you wait for the market to give you the setup. You don't just go, you don't set the alarm and go, I want to trade today. I I don't get where that's coming from. You know, what you want to do is wake up and see is anything in the parameters that I have my discipline that makes it the odds in my favor. And then, you know, again, some of my technical indicators like last year, you know, S and P's at 4,800, my indicators are down at 3,800 and 4,000. There's no way that I'm getting involved in the S&P at 4,800 from the long side because reversion to the mean, that means when you're way up at 4,800 on the S&P and your technicals are down in the 36 and 3,800 and 4,100, 
you got a good probability that thing's coming back down toward it at some point, and you don't want to be involved in that bloodbath. So, you know, using the technical indicators that I use, uh, you could have avoided a lot of headache because this year for the first six months, you really had no business, you know, being in the market until it went down to 3,600. And then all the indicators were up at 4,400 where they are now. And obviously at 3,600, you're too far under the indicators. So there's a probability of reverting back to the mean, which means going back towards 4,400 on the S&P, which is what we've just done. Now we'll have to see what September brings because this year, every time the VIX, the volatility measurement, has gotten to around 20 or so, the S&P has been at a high point and it has fallen anywhere 400 points or so. So we saw that happen in March, April. We saw that happen in June. And it'll be interesting to see because the setup is the same. The market has gotten extended up towards 4350 and the VIX has gotten to 19 and the Fed is getting ready to do some hikes and some, maybe some stern talking. Because, you know, they want things to slow down, right? Inflation is very high. And the consumer is spending a lot of money still. Online retail sales last report was up 2.8%. So, you know, energy prices are still elevated. Food prices because of the drought is still elevated. Home prices, well, they've slowed down the sales, but the prices certainly have not cracked dramatically. So and the and the labor market, the jolts report, which is how many jobs are available versus how many people are looking. Yeah, that got tighter than it used to be. But we're still at three point six percent unemployment, which is like uh, historically extremely high and wages are going up. So this Federal Reserve right now seems to be trying to slow down uh, secretariat, um, you know, by chasing after it. Secretariat was a very fast horse. I don't know if you remember secretariat. The name is familiar, yes. <laughs> well, it's a legendary horse because it, it won one of the major races by 31 lengths, which means it was way ahead of the field. And inflation right now feels like it's way ahead of the field, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. So that's actually a lot of um a lot of unpacking there. So yeah. So with your basic entry strategy into options, yeah, you gotta learn how options work. Yeah. But then it sounds like you also need to understand how some indicators work and how to look at charts pretty, um, pretty extensively, as well as to look at some additional information like fundamental data, Federal Reserve, understanding how the VIX works. So kind of quite a bit of um, quite a bit of information there just for for a beginner, wouldn't you think? Well, it is. And that's why the one-on-one -on -one sessions that I have, we go at the pace of the uh, student, let's say, or the investor. So if he's never dealt in options before, we're not going to start out by trying to explain a complicated strategy because you have to have the foundation made so you understand how you can build on it. But once you understand that when you are dealing in the buy side of options, you pay for the option, that's called the premium. And if it's calls, you get the right to buy something at a certain price for a certain period of time. And if it's a put option, which is a bet that things are going to drop from the long side, you put up the premium and you have the right to sell something at the striking price for a certain period of time. 
Now, like I say, that that's the foundation, right? Right. Yeah. So in your example with the S&P 500, in that situation, you you bought a put, right? Sure. Because or or you could or you could have done it on any stock. You could have done it on Apple or you know at some point or you know any stock you thought was going to decline. Right. And then in that specific example of the S and P five hundred, I was just looking at the two hundred moving average. That's a great chart. Um, what type of um, expiration were you looking at on that specific? Well, trade? again, you know, uh, I was speculating. And so my focus was on a very short-term option because right. I thought the move was going to be immediate. But I had money that I had put into it that if it didn't work out, I would have to feel okay by saying goodbye to it. And and you and, and, that and I would and I'd be saying you goodbye. That risk. What yeah. did you call that risk capital or something? Yeah, risk capital. Yeah, yeah. that means money. You know, if you're buying options, particularly like I uh, am uh, showing you an example there on a short-term option. You know, you are definitely speculating and you definitely have to be willing to lose that money because if you buy an option that only has a couple of weeks on it, within 14 days, it's very possible that money could go away. Because like I say, you know, I thought it would back off of that um, 200 day average and it, but it didn't have to. <laughs> and, and, and you, so you got it, what, a 14 day expiration? Yeah, actually, the one that I worked with was um, uh, one week. Oh, that's even smaller. Well, because it was, uh, I, I didn't want to put up much money. Right. Okay. In other words, it was one of those deals where you were going to be right or you're going to be wrong. Okay. And if you're, and if you're going to be right, you're going to be pretty darn right. And if you're going to be wrong, you're going to lose that money. So and if you're so setting the closer, me- the closer mm-hmm. the time, the cheaper it is. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And it's uh, more risky it is. Right. You know, that's so why the bottom line. Yeah. But it also it also um, was able to expand in premium because if the premium's only a dollar or so and you get and the and the VIX is at 19 and now you've got VIX to, uh, in the week after up at 23 and you've gotten a, a move of 200 points on the S&P. Well, you know, that option is going to expand dramatically. I see. Okay. So it, you know, it was a very good risk reward. You clearly were going to take a risk on it, but the amount the option cost was very low and it couldn't go lower than zero. That's so, the beauty of it. So but if then, you put you know, a $500 on that, you buy one contract, what type of reward, at what point would you be willing to sell? Is it like, are you trying to double your money? Are you trying to get make 500 in profit? Like how, how, how do you, when do you know when to sell that back or buy well, back the put or whatever? See, here's the beauty. If you know about options, uh, the more, you know, uh, you have more alternatives, right? The more, you know, about anything, don't you have more alternatives? The more, you know, about something. Yeah. Okay. So you just uh, made an example and let's just use a theoretical example. We bought puts on something that was going for $1 and the striking price, just use an example, was 150 bucks. Okay, no, so you have the right to sell at 150 bucks. That's your striking price. And let's say you only have a week to go on this. Now, again, this is not what I uh, encourage people to do. This is the most aggressive speculation you can do. <laughs> well, not the most aggressive, but from a time standpoint, it's a very aggressive because there's no time to be wrong. Right. But let let me show you some of the alternatives here. If you bought the put option at 150 for 100 bucks and the and the stock let's say was trading at 152. So it's above your 150 price, right? 
You have the right to sell at 150. The stock is at 155, let's say, 155. It's $5 above your strike. And there's only a week to go. So that's going to be very risky because if it stays above 150 for a week, you're going to lose the whole 100 bucks. But let's say we get a big drop and it goes down to 140. Now that option is $10 in the money. And that means the option is going for 10 times 100 shares. It's going for 1,000. So in that example, you just had a 10 bagger. Here's what you could do. You could either A, sell it out and take the $1,000 credit and say bye-bye to the whole thing. Or you could sell out part of them. Like say you had 10 of them. You could sell out five and let the other five run. Or you could sell a lower strike price and sell it and get a credit to offset what you paid for the original one. And now you've got a spread going. Now that's pretty advanced. And that would not be something somebody who's just starting out would even think of. Right. But a guy like me, he'd be thinking about it real quick because one of the things I like to do with the buy side of the options, if I can, is to do a spread as quickly as possible to get my money off the table. And I'll I'll walk you through something like that. Let's talk about a call option. Now we're betting it's going to go up. Uh Uh-huh. And the stock is at 150. And we think it's going to go up. So we buy a call at 150 at $500, $5 premium. The 160 calls right now, which are $10 higher than where the market is, let's say they're trading at $200. Just go slow here. The stock is at 150. And you bought a call at 500. And the the out-of-the-money call at 160 is 200. Let's say the stock jumps up to 155. Now your $500 option is going for 700. But the 160 calls have jumped from 200 to 500. In this instance, I would go and sell the 160 calls for 500, which gives me my money back on my original 150 call. So if the market goes to 160 or better, that spread could go to as much as $10. But say the market goes from 150 and collapses on me, I would lose on my original 500, but I would make on the 160s 500, and so I would have no loss if it went down. That's called legging into a bull call spread, which is way above most people's understanding. But you see, if you start with the basics, what is a call? What is a put? And then you understand it. Then you building block. How do you write these options? And what's the use and the risk of that? That's a building block. Right. How do you trade these things? I just gave you an example of how you can trade them because you can roll the position up, which people don't know about, but they should. You can spread it out. See, when you're dealing with somebody like myself, you know, obviously I'm not bragging. It's just something I know a lot about. Right. And you've taken the time to learn that. And, you know, you keep building on that, on that knowledge. And you're well, like I say, you know, you know, uh, everyone has a foundation that they started with. I started with a basketball foundation and basketball, you know, if you know the techniques, if you understand 
you know, some of the plays that you do, some of the things you do to put yourself in a good position, both offensively or defensively, you know, you'll be better. And so the same thing with options, you know, the more you know about different things you can do, you know, if your menu is only peanut butter and jelly, then it's going to be a situation where um, you're going to have very limited alternatives. So the idea of education is to try to make sure you're aware of all your alternatives. Right. Yeah. And uh, that will help you become a better investor for sure. Well, at least it'll you'll make you more informed. And the idea is probability, right? So you're trying to do things that have the best probability. And in my view, these are my opinions today. My opinion is, is knowing uh, uh, you're having an idea of where the market direction is, is the first thing. The second thing is, is, you know, which option strategy puts you in the best position to win. Right. And everything else is really just a conversation. Are you tired of feeling lost in the world of trading and investing? Get informed and inspired with the Talking Trading Podcast. I'm Louise Bedford, and I'll help you navigate the markets like a pro. Tune in each week and subscribe now at talkingtrading.com.au or on your favorite podcast app, or check out the link in the show notes. Talking Trading, this is how traders excel. Yeah. Now, uh, Jim, this has been great and I have learned a lot and I really appreciate you being on the show. Um, we've covered a lot, but there's still a lot more to go. We kind of talked about this earlier saying that, you know, <laughs> we could discuss every, if we were to discuss everything there was to talk about with options, we'd be here a while. Sure. Um, well, you know, like I say, you know, there's ways of creating income with the options. There's a way of using them to hedge or protect your positions. And so there are a lot of uses to them. So we, you know, we can start with just uh, speculation, which we spent some time on today, where you're just taking a shot. And if you're correct, obviously you can make a lot. And if you're wrong, you lose the premium. But there's many other uses that could be very helpful to people, both as a hedge or a um, offset, and also uh, as a way of creating cash into your account. But every strategy, Casey, has a use and it has a risk. And that's why it's important, if I think, to hook up with somebody who can spend the time and and uh, walk you through some of these details so you understand that. Right, right. No, I agree. And so with that being said, how um, find out more about what you do and get maybe some more education uh, from the option professor? Well, like I say, options are on just about everything nowadays. You can get options on stocks. You can get options on all the commodities like what? Corn and soybeans. And sometimes there's drought and sometimes there's not. The precious metals of gold and silver, industrial metals like copper. Uh, you can get them on, uh, on uh, bonds, meaning fixed income instruments. So there's a lot of different things you can use options for. And so the main thing is, is to understand the product. And then basically when you understand the product, then you can see wh where you want to apply it. So, you know, I believe it's very important uh, to um, to understand the hedging part. You know, people can use options as a protection, uh, 
so that if their stock goes way down or way up, they have a position in the options that is called a hedge. And that's very, very important as well. And then also, uh, a lot of people are trying to create extra cash on their account. So they sell the options against their stocks and they receive the premium. And that's very interesting to people. And so though those two strategies, I think, are very important. And then, like I say, uh, risk-reward is something that has to be talked about. You want to make sure you're doing something where the risk-reward makes some sense. But, you know, there's a lot of different ways to trade these options. And so for new people, which I think we've been trying to talk to a little bit here, you got to start with the basics. What are calls? What are puts? What does the premium mean? How do they figure out that premium? You know, when do these expire? And, you know, start with that basics. So if you're new, you got to have somebody walk you through that stuff. If you're experienced, then you may know all these different strategies or people, you know, people subscribe to services that give them all these picks. And some of these people don't even know what the picks are all about. They're just taking them. And so, you know, if you're experienced, you may need what? Some additional information on the strategies you're using. You may need some additional information on the trends of the stuff you hold. I mean, you don't want to hold on to something that's downtrending and may never come back, right? Right. And then the last, yeah. And then the last thing you may need is a fresh look. And so the other thing I encourage people is, is that, listen, I've been doing this a long time and I can give you a fresh look by letting you see the best indicators that I use and plug stuff that you're doing into it. And then at least you're getting a fresh look no, because some people are not very happy with their results this year. You must, you know that, right? Yes. And they obviously could have done something different, right? But they can't do something different if with the, if they're doing the same thing with the same guy, right? <laughs> you know, if if you have one source of your information or you're or you're tuned into one guy, you know, you're not going to have any idea outside of that. So I I like to say the new people should come to us so that they get some basic information and some basic understanding of the options. And the experienced people should come to take a look at what our indicators say on the stuff that they're doing and to get a fresh look at our opinion and our view on the markets they may be looking at. And then they can take those opinions and those views and do with them as they may. But I think that oh, that we're an informed source, right? An informed source. Yeah. And, and and obviously getting information from an informed source that doesn't have a bias. You see, I didn't tell anybody to buy any stock. I didn't tell anybody to subscribe to a newsletter with a bunch of bad picks. So I don't have a bias. And so I can give them what they call independent views on, on the markets that they're involved in and markets maybe that they haven't thought of that, that could be interesting. So um, I think um, there is a lot to learn both for the um, the new guy who needs basically some hand-holding to get started. And then, of course, you know, whether this stuff is appropriate for you, you know, you got to go back to your brokerage firm and find out, you know, what's appropriate and what's not, because this stuff is not appropriate for every single person, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, you, you, you know, it's not right for everybody. So you have to, first of all, find out what it's all about, and then you got to figure out, you know, what's right for you. But uh, you have to go to an informed source. And in my view, in my opinion, uh, we definitely are an informed source. Yeah, the, the, the information and the, the ideas and strategies you shared today were really good. And so um, 
I thank you so much for being on the show. Um, Jim from the Option Professor, and that's optionprofessor.com. And so what we'll do, Jim, is put a link uh, to your uh, to your website on this podcast. So everyone that's listening uh, can go ahead and click on that. And uh, you have like a, a pre PDF that they can get there um, at the yeah, website. Yeah, Jim? yeah. They, uh, we actually have one PDF that's free uh, called the seven best ways to trade options. So obviously that's good information in our, in our opinion. But also the key is, is when we do have the one-on-one education, uh, you know, I'm on the computer with the uh, investor and they, they've got uh, the charts up and the technical indicators. And so it's much more clear and easy to understand when you're looking at the actual chart of the market. And then we discuss, okay, if you are buying calls, this would be an example of a strike price. This would be an example of where you think it might be going. And so it's very, very uh, like in this format here, without you looking at the graph on something specific, and me being able to be a little bit more specific on the striking price and all that, it's a more difficult thing to do. So that's why we really like the one-on-one so that the investor can look at something on his computer screen. He can ask me questions because, you know, asking questions as we go along is the best way to learn. Because, yeah. you, know, you know, this is kind of like uh, the options can be like the encyclopedia. You know, it could be like Google search. <laughs> you better know kind of what words you want to take out of there or else you'll drown in the information, you know? Yeah. So uh, again, uh, this is a, a good way of going. The PDF reports to explain the strategies on paper, but then again, having the discussion with an informed source who can, who can talk to you at your level. And then if your level is beginner, use building blocks to become, to be, so you are more informed and don't leave anything until you have a pretty good understanding and then you go to the next building block. But, you know, you shouldn't be in a rush to jump in just because of greed, because, you know, greed is a big killer. Yes, yes, that is so true. Yeah. Well, Jim, thank you uh, for being on the show. Yeah. I appreciate it. And for everyone that's listening, make sure you go check out uh, the option presser, uh, theoptionprofessor.com and grab that seven best ways to trade options PDF. And uh, that's it for today's episode, but thank you. And uh, we'll see everyone on the next episode of the How to Trade It podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another insightful episode of How to Trade It with Casey Stubbs. We hope you found today's discussion valuable and inspiring. Remember, the road to trading mastery is a continuous one. And your commitment to learning and growing as a trader is the key to your success. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes, please reach out to us at podcast at tradingstrategyguides.com. Keep listening, keep learning, and keep trading your way to victory. Until next time.